And good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Afternoon Buzz. Hello, Dan. Hello. Good afternoon, Buzz. Did you have a good weekend? I had. Actually, I did. I had yeah. a very good weekend. and uh, Start some trouble out there in Ashfield? No trouble. Oh. Uh, good trouble. Oh, only. And good trouble. Is what it's the only say. kind of trouble that you get yourself into. And I hear you were in Franklin County, my beloved Franklin County. I was, County. Saturday night. Yeah. And in what town in Franklin County? Bernardston. There you go. You yeah. were in a bedroom community to Greenfield, Massachusetts. Oh, yes, yes. I should go there in the daytime. Every time I go there, it's night, and I can't really... Well, especially this time of year. Yeah. I think um, we... Here's a little quiz for you. Uh-oh. Uh, everyone thinks they know what it means, but what does peak mean in the, audience, in the autumn? Peak. peak leaves. What does that mean? Mm, extra orange. It means that there's the same... When it's there's the same number of leaves on the trees... As are on the ground, that's peak. Oh. Thereafter, it has peaked. I was just focusing on the colors. I it, know. It, is, it is beautiful. It I is beautiful. And, and is. Uh, up in the hill towns where I live, it just peaked. Have you reached just, okay, you reached peak? Yeah. So we were, so I was cutting up leaves and doing some raking. We were trying to be outdoors. We were uh, putting away our, our screened in porch, that kind of stuff. Having Saying a good goodbye time. to the gardens. And we, did we just have spinach left? But um, mm. so this, uh, I am. This is the second time that we have uh, focused on the Massachusetts Asian American Commission. The Asian American Commission, for those who don't know, uh, back in October, I think we're about to have an anniversary. Back in two thousand and six, in October, um, the uh, Massachusetts Asian American Commission. Uh, was born as a permanent statewide body. It's dedicated to advocating uh, for Asian Americans. It changed its name for good reason to include Pacific Islanders. So it's now the Asian American and Pacific Islander Commission. And we have with us a local commissioner, uh, local in the sense of he is a five college history professor, Dr. Richard Chu. Hello, Richard. Hello, Buzz. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm quite interested in what the commission is doing these days. Um, we keep hearing about this uptick in hate, uh, especially directed at minorities such as Asians. Um, are you folks uh, hearing about that? And if so, what are we doing about it? Uh, yes, I think the, the uptick has been going on for quite a while now. Uh, <laughs> like since World War II, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, the uptick was, uh, well, even before World War II, uh, but the recent uptick has to do with the, the pandemic uh, when, you know, the former administration had uh, <clears throat> had connected the pandemic to China and, and therefore called it the China virus. And, right. and uh, the people had started to associate the virus with uh, Chinese and to an extent to Asians. Uh, or Asian Americans. So in the last couple of years, there has been an uptick. If uh, one is to even look at the statistics, there was really a, a big percentage of uh, increase in, in the reports involving uh, Asian, uh, anti-Asian hate or, or racism. Uh, yeah. Racism. And so the... Yeah, let's so call it racism. It is racism. Yes, yes. It's uh, specifically, you know, uh, targeting uh, people of Asian descent. And uh, so the commission has been um, monitoring the situation and reaching out to communities, to individuals, uh, asking them to, to report to us if there's any, any incident. And also... Um, Coordinating with uh, with some legislative bodies or or governmental agencies to make sure that uh, Asian American communities, as well as Pacific Islander communities, are 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 protected. And how? And well, can you tell us? Is there progress as a result of that outreach and and uh, other agencies being involved? Um, so far, the the work that has been done is just, uh, well, for one, I think visibility is very important, uh, getting the word out there that this is happening. 
and then uh, also uh, supporting initiatives to, for example, to uh, make sure that certain communities uh, are aware of what's going on. Uh, for example, in the month of May, uh, Amherst, the city uh, council of Amherst had uh, declared a statement supporting Asian Americans. And so that was done during the Asian American Heritage Month, which is, you know, so it, the the month of May is Asian American Heritage Month. And so the city of Amherst had uh, come up with a... Um, a proclamation, uh, you know, uh, supporting Asian Americans, and, and the commission was right there, uh, supporting the Amherst City Council. So these are this is just one of the examples of uh, what we're doing, aside from the ongoing work of simply just reaching out to Asian American communities, whether there is an uptick of uh, Asian American hate or not. Uh, we're trying to make sure that uh, their voices are, are heard because there are other concerns as well, aside from uh, simply uh, racism. Right. And, and so we're quite interested. We were speaking with Dr. Richard Chu, the historian who is uh, an expert, has a very strong background in, um, in particularly China, but in uh, Asian history and is a UMass professor and a five-college Professor Richard, what else is the Asian American Commission involved in other than this little small thing of stopping racism as it manifests <laughs> against Asians? Um, I can speak for, uh, let's say, Western Massachusetts. So uh, currently there are two commissioners, myself and Dr. Liu Huang, who unfortunately uh, couldn't make it today. Uh, but we're both, we have been both appointed uh, to be members of this commission. And so one of the things that we have been doing is reaching out to the different Asian American communities in in the area. Uh, people might think that uh, there aren't any or enough Asians or Asian Americans in, in, in the Valley, but uh, uh, statistically there is a significant amount or number of Asian American communities around, especially when we're talking about uh, Vietnamese, uh, Bhutanese, uh, Chinese, Korean, and Filipino. Um, so in the, in, the, in the past few months, uh, Dr. Huang and I have met with the uh, community leaders and been we have been soliciting from them uh, you know, feedback about uh, their own experiences being Asian or Asian American in this uh, in this region, and um, this coming next weekend on Saturday, we have a listening session that will involve uh, some state and city officials, uh, and this listening session will be held at the UMass Center at Springfield, where different stakeholders. So we have invited these Asian American community leaders and members, as well as some individuals uh, like high school uh, students uh, from, from Amherst Regional to come and then speak to the, uh, these uh, state and city officials and, and let them know what their issues are. That's, that's one more concrete uh, event or activity that we're we're doing. That's a very um, concrete. If people want to find out more about that event, Richard, and wish to attend, how do they learn more about it? Uh, they can go. They, they can go to our website, which is the aapic uh, dot org, which uh, aapic stands for Asian American Pacific Islander Commission uh, dot org. So there is, uh, um, I think, the uh, event is announced there. I think that's the best uh, <clears throat> the best way to to find out more about it. There are where November will be American Indian Heritage Month. We have Hispanic uh, Heritage Month. What are the particular or, or I, I would say peculiar um, issues that Asian Americans face other than the quote unquote, I can't even get it out of my mouth. China virus, 
claims of the mm-hmm. previous administration and the consequences of hate that that resulted. But uh, what what are the p- particular issues that confront Asian Americans in this region of Western Massachusetts, and how are they different than what other minorities, all minorities, unfortunately face terrible mm-hmm. challenges? But tell us what the Asian American ones are like. Well, for for this uh, region, uh, one main issue would be uh, just the visibility. Um, I think uh, uh, when we're even talking about um, state uh, policies or laws or or bills that have are being introduced, uh, oftentimes the the uh, Asian American communities here in Western Massachusetts are are neglected or or forgotten or you know, uh, ignored. Um, so um, most people think that uh, Asians are or Asian Americans are are found in Eastern Massachusetts. So that's one issue that uh, we need uh, our legislators to know that there are Asian American communities here that are also in need of their help, uh, and specific needs depend uh, depend on each community. Uh, the Bhutanese and Vietnamese, Cambodian, and Laotian communities are refugee communities. So um, most of them come here escaping war or uh, uh, civil strife uh, in their countries. And so some of them also spent many years in refugee camps. So when they come here, uh, there's a culture shock. Um, Some of them are illiterate, uh, many don't speak English. Um, and so so there's the unfamiliarity with the culture, uh, with the with the society, how, how things work here once they come over. So that's one example of the issues that they face uh, when they come here to to Western Mass. And another is the, just the lack of services uh, to address uh, Specific needs again. Uh, those who came from from experiences of war oftentimes have uh, PTSD, you know, or post traumatic stress syndrome, and um, they are they are in need of mental health services. But then, if you're coming from a, you know, first if you don't know the language, uh, English, for example, and there aren't enough counselors who speak your language, then now, where are they going to find uh, the uh, the help that they need? You know, uh, if they're experiencing trauma or some mental health uh, issue. Right. Um, so, so those are just examples, you know, of uh, the kind of uh, issues that or in challenges that they face. Tremendous challenges. I know when we created when when uh, the president, uh, the forty fifth president, whose name begins with the T was first uh, elected and this dreadful oppression uh, manifested itself. It had always been there lurking in the shadows or, or worse, but uh, against um, undocumented people. Some of us formed an organization, the ACLU eventually sponsored, called the Immigrant Protection Project. And I learned um, stuff I didn't know. I always thought that I, I understood I found out in this region that undocumented... I found out one thing that was very interesting for uh, people from Eastern Europe who are immigrants who are often... who are sometimes undocumented. Uh, They were often working in the building trades. They were masons and things like that. And Hispanics were often working in agriculture when they were undocumented. But I found we had Asians either in the restaurant industry, um, usually like the Chinese restaurant industry, but also the number of people here who are involved in sex trafficking... Um, mm-hmm. was just breathtaking. We are talking with Richard Chu. We're going to continue our conversation. He is a member of the Massachusetts Asian American and Pacific Islanders Commission. You can learn more about it and the events which it's sponsoring, including a listening session, which will be at the UMass Springfield Center uh, at org. We're going to be back with Richard Chu. And what I'd like to talk to you about, Richard, at least a little, is question four on the ballot November 8th which is um, granting driver's license to immigrants. Uh, 
We're going to be back and talk more with Richard Chu right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Missed an episode of The Bill Newman Show? Want to revisit a conversation from legendary civil rights attorney from Ashfield, Buzz Eisenberg? Click on podcasts at whmp.com. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. The only live and local talk in the Valley and for the Valley. WHMP. It's the sound of life in the Valley. WHMP.com. It happens all over Massachusetts. In every home and every community. Be careful on your bike. Learning can happen anytime, anywhere. And no matter how learning takes place in your family's life, Desi is there as your partner. The Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Never stop learning. Find out more at mass.gov slash back to school. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Department for Elementary and Secondary Education. Hey, Western Mass, it's sports season again in New England. Favorite sports like football, hockey, and basketball. Yep, sports season is here, and it's not just about the pros. There's Pop Warner, travel basketball, and peewee hockey, plus all the high school and college teams getting back on the field, court, or ice. Yet, despite all the protective gear that athletes use, well, injuries happen. And in Western Mass, the bona fide experts in hands and wrists, hips and knees, shoulders, feet and ankles, ACLs, and the spine are the doctors and their teams at New England Orthopedic Surgeons. New England Orthopedic Surgeons are the only subspecialized comprehensive orthopedic surgical practice in Western Mass, with locations in Northampton, East Longmeadow, Ludlow, and Springfield, plus an urgent care walk-in center. So if you're looking for the best orthopedic care in Western Mass, go online to neortho.com and make an appointment online, or give them a call. When it comes to orthopedic care, you want the bona fide experts. That's neortho.com. People like pink ladies. Macintosh and McCowns are popular. Red Delicious is the old standby. Gala, the new darling. Some people swear by Honeycrisp. And who doesn't love Granny Smith? Appling at River Valley Co-op, all the greatest hits. Plus heirlooms like Carrie's Irish Pippin and Belle de Boscoop. With 50 varieties of apples, you never know. There's an heirloom called Sops of Wine? Really? Hooray, hooray, an apple a day. River Valley Co-op, wild about local apples. Do you know what's going on in business in Western Mass? You do if you read Business West. Find out which companies are growing, which companies are innovating. Learn about people on the move, people taking the lead. Every issue of Business West is packed with business news, including incorporations, building permits, real estate transactions, and bankruptcies. Pick up a copy or read Business West online. The vital business news is in Business West, the business journal of Western Mass. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And it is my pleasure to continue our conversation with uh, historian and scholar, author of a number of books, um, Richard, Professor Richard Chu of the Five College uh, System and a UMass Amherst, um, and also a commissioner uh, with the Massachusetts Asian American and Pacific Islanders Commission, uh, AAPIC is the acronym. You can, um, you should Google it and learn more about it. It's, uh, there are so many of us who are uh, living with people of Asian descent in this region, and they are great contributors to our communities. And I wanted to ask you, Richard, um, I know that you, it's not your expertise, but I, I, I want to ask you because I'm so passionate about question four, which will appear on the ballot um, mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, Massachusetts, it, uh, about eligibility for driver's licenses. And for folks who don't know, um, the story, the elections division just certified the referendum petition, um, just a day or two before the deadline signed by just enough registered voters to meet the, the uh, bare minimum. Um, this, the problem is this. A lot of folks who are here from other countries who are undocumented, they haven't gotten their green card yet, partly sometimes because of the bureaucracy involved. 
Um, and then uh, they are working here. They're not committing crimes. They're doing exactly what everybody wants and needs for them to do. They're productive members of our communities, but they don't qualify for a driver's license. And if you live around here, um, it's not likely that public transportation is going to be able to satisfy your needs, particularly in, you know, in the hill towns and the surrounding communities. You, they need to get a car. So quite often, in order to not only support themselves, but send money home back to their families, etc., they end up driving without a license, and then they get stopped, and then you know what happens then. So um, I, uh, uh, what happened is it passed overwhelmingly in both houses of the legislature. The governor chose to veto it. He's concerned that they'll end up voting, even though the law is packed with protections against them being able to vote, to use that license to vote. Went back to the legislature, and they overwhelmingly overrode his veto, and then, as I said, under the nick of time, it ended up, question four is on the ballot. And um, what it asks is whether or not people, uh, you should read it in your booklet that you got um, from the Secretary of State's, but uh, whether they should be able to obtain a standard driver's license if they prove, they, they pass the road test and the other test, written test, that they have insurance, they need proof of insurance, proof of their identity, their date of birth, their residency, um, and then they can't get a real ID yet, so they can't vote. Um, and I won't bore you with all the other requirements that's in the law, but the law is very, very stringent that you have to be able to do these things. You, Professor, sorry for my long-winded explanation, but you are part of the Asian American Commission. I'm not sure if it's come up before the commission, but as an individual of Asian descent who works in the interests of Asian Americans, how do you feel about question four? Well, I, I certainly support the uh, legislation to provide them with uh, driver's license, even if um, <clears throat> they have not yet been, uh, you know, they haven't received their green card yet, or they're not citizens, or even if they're undocumented. Um, I think uh, as long as the, they have no criminal record, and also that uh, they have passed the test and all that uh, to to ensure that they are safe drivers, I think it's really very important to provide uh, the, the, these individuals and communities with the, you know, with the um, <clears throat> opportunity uh, or ability to to drive, especially in our region, as you were saying, uh, where public transportation the system is, is really bad, and. Uh, just for for so many reasons, you know, the, being able to drive yourself to work or drive your relatives to a hospital or your children to school, uh, these are very important. Uh, and so, the, the long and short of it, I, I totally support the uh, uh, you know the, the 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 bill that would allow them or the law that would allow them to. to to obtain driver's licenses. Uh. Me too. <laughs> I'm pretty passionate about it. Um, you, I wish we had more time, Professor. I'd love to have you back, and I hope that we would be able to come back with, uh, with Assistant Dean or Associate Dean uh, Leo Wang. Uh, two commissioners, it is, um, for folks who don't know about it, we should. We should pay attention to it. So many of our neighbors are Asian Americans, and... Uh, the discrimination which they face is real and palpable, and uh, especially, you know, I hear these stories in North Korea acts out, and people take it out on people just because they uh, are of Asian descent. We have to um, really get our arms around that, but there's also so many other interesting contributions that are made. It is the Massachusetts Asian American and Pacific Islanders Commission. It is a state commission that's created by legislation, his name is Richard Chu. I do hope you'll come back. We'll try to make arrangements for you to come back fairly soon. And thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Oh, I'd love to come back. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, and best of, uh, best of luck and wishes to, to your station. Thank you, Richard. Okay, we're going to be back with Writer's Block, the segment with Megan Zinn. We'll be right back. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 
WHMP. You can't take me down. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Two Holyoke men are being held without the right to bail after a dangerousness hearing in connection with drug trafficking charges. According to the Hampton District Attorney's Office, 22-year-old Francisco Marrero and 23-year-old Victor Colon were arrested on October 7th at an apartment on Nottatuck Street in Holyoke. Police seized approximately $250,000 worth of drugs, including over 20,000 bags of heroin and a kilo of cocaine. The two will be back in court on November 14th. The Northampton School Committee can't seem to agree on COVID-19 safety protocols. Josh Silver, who is part of the mayor's ad hoc committee on COVID, spoke about the small but vocal group of volunteers pushing for more strict safety protocols than the state or federal guidelines. Here in Northampton, there's a small but very opinionated crew on the school committee that wants to actually create their own COVID-19 precautions and guidelines for the city of Northampton alone. Silver says the topic is distracting from other important issues. Deer and wild turkey hunting season begins today in western Massachusetts. To hunt white-tailed deer, hunters must have the appropriate license, permits, and stamps. This season is archery only. Hunters are limited to two antlered deer annually. However, doe requires a valid deer permit. This season ends November 26th, with shotgun season beginning November 28th. Wild turkey hunting is also allowed now through November 26th. For the rest of today, it'll be mostly cloudy. Chance for showers, highs 56 to 60. Tonight, cloudy with showers, overnight lows 42 to 46. And the outlook for Tuesday, chance for showers in the morning, then sunshine in the afternoon, highs in the mid and upper 50s. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Adam Stremko on 101.5 WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. We have a very unique and lethal combination of emboldened white supremacy in this country and unfettered access to guns. We need to keep talking about the intersection of white supremacy and guns. Guns are used in order to you know, elicit fear and power and control uh, by white supremacists. And it's not an issue that's going away easily. 101.5, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Fall is here, and I have two beers to help you celebrate the season. Hi, I'm Caleb Hiliadis, head brewer of Amherst Brewing. Our pumpkin ale is brewed with a delicious blend of spices, sugar, and real pumpkins. Blumeister Oktoberfest is our traditional German lager with a full and sweet body. Both beers are available at all Hangar Pub and Grill locations on draft and in 16-ounce cans in Amherst. Ask your server for a cinnamon sugar rim on your pint of pumpkin ale. Pumpkin ale cans and draft are also available across the entire state of Massachusetts. Stop in soon for a pint with us and a four pack to go. There are farm fresh eggs just around the corner and beef across town. Local food is all around. It's a connection to your community, to the land and the people. There's a handy guide to the farm fresh food all around you, the local hero guide on the CISA website. You never know how close you are to something good for dinner tonight, something harvested just this morning. CISA's Local Hero Guide, your guide to farm fresh food, on the CISA website, buylocalfood.org. Want to support the kind of talk you hear on the afternoon buzz? Want to hear your business's message here on WHMP? Email us, yourmessage at whmp.com. We'll help you craft a marketing message that'll reach listeners of your favorite WHMP show. And you'll be supporting the local news, valley talk, and progressive voices you hear right here on WHMP. Let us know about your message. Email us, yourmessage at whmp.com. And add your message to our mission. And hear your message right here on WHMP. Your message at whmp.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Hi, and thanks for rejoining us, those who were with us for the last segment, and thanks for joining us, those who are just coming on board. It is time for Writer's Block. I think that's a good name for this segment. I'm really enjoying it. With that, you're feeling it. Megan Zinn is feeling it. It grew on me, yeah, yeah. Well, for those who are literati or those who are blockheads like me. <laughs> what do we have today, Megan? Oh, well, today we're going to do what I, I hope to return to on occasion, a little something we'll call What You Reading? <laughs> um, and my guest um, is, and we're going to talk about what we're reading. With a um, lot of apostrophes there. Post- yeah, yeah. There's somehow. I'm not going to figure out how to spell it. Um, 
And my guest is Susan Reese, um, and Susan is the school nurse at Jackson Street School, Northampton. Yay. Um, thank goodness for the school nurses, particularly in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Susan used to work in used bookstores for the first chunk of her working life, yes. including the Strand, the very famous Strand in Ooh. New York City. Yeah. Um, and you said um, Powell's, Powell's in Portland, Portland Oregon. Oregon. Portland, Oregon. And then I worked at a new bookstore, sort of a bougie new bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore, I don't think, in San Francisco. Ah, and yes. I worked at Borders in Ann Arbor. Oh, was, was the original? Which the original mm. Borders, just mm. as it was starting to, just as they were kind of starting to spread out mm-hmm. a little bit, and before they were bought by Kmart, and then before mm. they died. I never um, worked at a bookstore, but I love Strand, I love Powell's, and I I was at a bougie bookstore in San Francisco, <laughs> oh, yeah. but probably not the same one. It might have been. It's called, it's called a clean, well-lighted place after, of course, oh. the Hemingway When story. I was in San Francisco yeah. in 1970, 71, yeah. Nothing I was never clean went or to... well-lighted, Exactly. Yeah. 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 Now, this was in 1989. I was going to say, there's probably a lot of bougie bookstores yeah. in San Francisco, yeah. Oh, yeah. too. Yeah, there, there well, there are, probably right. aren't bookstores in San Francisco. No, the ones I went to yeah. were really used. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like overused. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I could still work at a bookstore yeah. if it, you know, if they pay better, um, yeah. which unfortunately they can't. Yeah. No, they can't. Um, and, you know, although it would be on being on my feet way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, Susan, what you reading? What you read? Well, actually, what, what, is, what are you reading what right now? Reading? I'm reading, what? yeah, you're, I'm, I, I was very torn about coming because I just started this book that I'm absolutely loving called um, Days of Abandonment by, you know, the everybody's favorite Alana Ferrante. Oh, um, all right. Read her, her Nables trilogy a couple of years ago, but this one I'm loving even more. I mean, it's 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 just fantastic. So you'd rather be home reading than here I, talking to me about I, books. I, I am happy for the diversion. <laughs> I mean, I tell myself, you know, I really do need to get up off the couch and talk to friends. So that that's what I am currently reading. Um, and I just... I checked out a book every now and then. I feel like I have to read about my well, what was my profession until recently, which was psychiatry. And I uh, checked out a book on psychiatry by um, a doctor named Epstein about the Buddhism and psychoanalysis oh. or something like that. Well, that's like very that. cool. Yeah. Can you? And I know you can't always put into words why one likes a book, but can you t- say what's kind of gripping you about the one you're reading right now? Well. Without disclosing too much about my own life, um, <laughs> oh, it is very much uh, touching me in terms of recent events in my own ah. life. It's about a woman and her divorce um, and just the uh, unbelievable sense of longing and loss that she is experiencing right now. Yeah. Um, but it's it's gorgeous and it's um, without being too, I don't know, oozing or sentimental <laughs> or anything. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I have to, I'm, I'm sort of an apostate in that I mm. didn't love the... The Neapolitan novels. I didn't. I didn't love I, them that much. I some admired people them. just yeah. are crazy yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it through one and a half. I gave it a good, yeah. good, yeah. The old college yeah. try, and yeah. I think it's because I couldn't stand any of the characters. And, and that, yeah, that's that is a problem. Although there are certainly things that I haven't loved the characters of that I've just devoured, and not. And they're certainly hate reading, which is sort of oh, a well, new it, phenomenon, yeah. which I'm, you know, <laughs> I, I acquainted it's got with. Got a certain charm, but like all of the um, Nausgard, <laughs> which I think there are ten of uh, his um, autobiographical novels. Um, I I read all of them. Wow, and they were full of awful people, including he wasn't awful, but he was. Not great either. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah. So yeah. My yeah. guest, my guest today is Susan Reese, and we're talking about books. Um, what are some of the most memorable, memorable books you've read? You know, in the past year or so. I would say. Well, I read over the summer. Um, my big summer read was. Um, Something I don't normally read, which is biography. I read the big biography of Sylvia Plath called oh. Red Comet, um, and it was fantastic. And um, I wish I could say, look, it's burdened me to read other biographies, but I know it won't. Um, <laughs> but it was really, I mean, you know, I, I, I think sort of the ultimate compliment that people think they're paying to biography and some nonfiction is it reads like a novel. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it didn't because it was really sort of fair and balanced in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But it was just so rich and so fascinating and so detailed and yet at the same time didn't dwell on, you know, trivialities like a lot of biographies uh, I feel interesting, do at Interesting. Times. So, is that a new biography? It's not that new. I think it's about, I mean... <laughs> When you get to be our age, I mean, everything's new. It's like, five, <laughs> probably, I don't know, five right, or ten Right, something years. could be ten yes. years old yeah, and I'll I think it's new. just came out this, yeah. in this century. Yeah. Um, 
so that that was something I read recently that was really memorable to me. Um, I, I read a couple of books on psychiatry, which were very, you know, it's, um, you know, confirmation bias. A lot of the, <laughs> the conflict I have with the field, mm-hmm. it, they were uh, really quite... Um, Quite in agreement with me, ah. um, these experts. <laughs> putting it into words. One was called, oh gosh, uh, Unhinged by oh. Daniel Carlat, who is a good is, yeah. name. Um, and the other was called Healing Our Path from Mental Illness to Mental Health by Thomas Insel, who was the head of the um, NIMH. Incel. Um, yeah, I know. Not, interesting yes, name. Yes. For I don't a, think he like, is. I, yeah, I, don't I would think assume he not. Is. I would assume well, not. I don't know. I have a question for yeah, both yeah. of you yeah. about reading. And I wonder if this happens to either of you. When you're reading a book, do you, A, like read it and then put it down and not remember or recall what you read? Sure. And, yes. and do you, do, I'm old. And, and, <laughs> but that happened to and, me when I was young, and one of my best yeah. friends, we became best friends because I worked with her boyfriend at the bourgeois bookstore, uh-huh. um, and we even coined this term, upper middle brow, but we would both get to the point where people say, oh, what are you reading? I'm reading so much. And we'd be like, yeah. And then we'd pause and sort of look at each other like, what was that book about? Then my second question is, do you end up rereading or do you end up just continuing on in your book? Because I have the tendency to read something, not fully understand it, continue on, and then eventually I begin to piece together Yeah, I mean, that's certainly... Information, yeah. but I, I don't often go back. And I'm just curious if, I, if I'm just the oddball out and doing that. It depends or, for me. It depends on how long... Like as for example, I've been reading uh, or rereading in this case Bleak House by Charles oh. Dickens because I never got really through wow. it before for those reasons. I have not read it. I'm oh. impressed. Well, I well I know people love it and that it's very funny and 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 really engaging. I really should give it a shot. Also, so complex and full of characters, and so I read it and I put it down. I read it, put it down, and then I start it over again because I'm like, who who was that guy? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. what I love about Russian novels. Um, or used to love, I don't read them anymore, but um, is that they very often have the cast of characters for you <laughs> yes. in, in the beginning. Very convenient. <laughs> yeah, like who was that? And uh, particularly in Russian novels where they have nicknames, like, oh, <laughs> your name is Ivan, bloppity, bloppity, blah, but they call you Fifi. Exactly, like, yeah, exactly, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely, um, I, I, well, one thing I will very often not remember the plot of a book at all. Mm-hmm. I, I will know that I read it. Mm-hmm. I will know when I read it. I will mm-hmm. know lots of context around mm-hmm. same for movies with me, mm-hmm. but I can't tell you the plot, which means yeah. I, I can reread, yeah. um, things I, I don't reread often cause there's only so much time, you yeah. know, before I die yeah. <laughs> in terms yeah. of books to read. Yeah. But yeah. I also, I do sometimes, um, like forget who a character is mm-hmm. or something and it's why I one reason I like to read. I don't re- certainly don't read all books um, electronically, but one of the benefits of reading a book electronically is you there's a search function, and if you're like, wait, who is this character? I don't even remember. Or or they refer to if you're reading a fairly epic book and they refer uh-huh. to what happened, you know, last year, and you can't mm-hmm. remember it, you could search it. And sometimes when I'm reading a Paper a paper novel be like oh man I can't I don't well, have a search Google function it and there's probably some website about the book that's true you know? if it's a well known yeah. yeah, yeah, enough yeah. book yeah. Um, but but you do run the risk if you Google it that some oh, parts of the book could be exposed true. to you that good, you weren't expecting so true you can't quite um, figure out exactly where you yeah. were on it yeah. yeah before we go to break that's that actually brings up a good question do you look ahead in books ever or are you um, no. um uh, um, not biblical about it, you know, religious about it. No, nah, I'm. It's more that I'm analog. I just well, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, <laughs> and I'm going to go through this in this order. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I will yeah. often look ahead because I, particularly if a book is suspenseful, mm-hmm. I get really stressed out. Oh. and I also and will also if I don't look ahead to what's going to happen, I won't be able to stop reading. So it allows me to kind of like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Now I'll go back and enjoy. The process. Well, that's why I read. I don't read electronically. Is the the analog nature and knowing what I've completed, what I haven't oh, completed. Yes. That so is that just is that a, physical, a lovely is, feature is, of it. Eisenberg, who's in the studio with Susan Reese and with Megan Zinn, eavesdropping on their conversation. Yeah. We're going to continue eavesdropping after this break. Stay with us. When you're 
This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Do you know about Laurel Park, which was founded in Northampton in 1872 as a Methodist summer camp and now is a secular self-governing community of 100 houses on 29 acres? It's their 150th anniversary, and we celebrate with Liz Duffy Adams, recent chair of the Laurel Park Association, who will be our guest Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. This week's Shop Tuesday is Galaxy. This Tuesday at 9 a.m., Galaxy releases certificates for the restaurant in East Hampton. Dumplings, deviled eggs, and an ever-changing menu of creative plates, large and small. A stylish bar and lounge, a dining room with boots of white leatherette. And this Tuesday, you save 30%. Galaxy in East Hampton, available this Shop Tuesday at 9 a.m. on the Shop 30 store at whmp.com. Hi, I'm Missy Tatro, Assistant Vice President and Senior Mortgage Originator at Greenfield Cooperative Bank and its Northampton Co-op Bank Division. Have we got some exciting news for you. And I'm Mortgage Originator Kimberly Gates. We're extending our offer to save up to $1,000 on your mortgage closing costs. There's still time to get a $750 closing credit plus another $250 when we pre-qualify you. Check out our new website and start your application now at bestlocalbank.com or come see us in person. As local lenders, we're here for you every step of the way. So come on over to the co-op and see me, Missy Tatro. Or me, Kimberly Gates, and save up to $1,000 on your closing costs. Close by November 30th, be a new first mortgage customer, or refinance from another loan provider. Minimum $100,000 loan, subject to change or end without notice. Other conditions apply. See bank for details. Greenfield Cooperative Bank is an equal housing lender, member FDIC, member DIF. You can count on your friends at the co-op. If you are on the Eversource Reduced Electricity Rate, whether you're on it now or you're eligible, you can tap into Co-op Power's solar arrays and lower your electric bill. A new energy justice initiative allows 120 low-income families to go solar, save money, and become owner members of Co-op Power. Join Co-op Power's 1,200 owner members building community-owned energy. For details, go to the Co-op Power website, coppower.coop. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back, eavesdropping on a conversation about what are you reading with Megan Zinn and Susan Reese. Hi, and so, um, well, Buzz, had a, you had a question. I did, I, but I want to know, and I think the listeners might want to know, uh, maybe this is to Susan, I think it's to both of you. Mm-hmm. How do you choose how, what you're going to read? Do you, uh, I just wanted to preface it by... My wife is an avid reader of the New York Times Book Review. Mm. She she and she chooses what she's going to go to next by what she's read about it in that. But and I always ask her, how, you don't even know the person who wrote that review. How do you know that's <laughs> going to be something? Yeah. How do you know? Although I, I, guess, know I think with word. like with any reviewers, you learn to kind of trust that okay, this right. this this magazine has my taste or mm-hmm. it doesn't. Right. This critic could be like a you know a. a, a, a Child abuser. So how do you know? <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, 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 what do you... I, I, you know, yeah. Do I hold that against a review? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I can separate the art from uh, from the artist. Um, and I don't know that book reviewing is an art, but... Um, that was I a school nurse it. talking. Yes, yes. yes I'll only, in the, only on paper. In real life, of course, I'm reporting it. Um, but I, you know, I sort of carry a mental list of novels that I've, you know, always wanted to read. Mm-hmm. And then I have, you know, authors who I read their books before and I want to read, you know, the next thing they wrote. For nonfiction, interestingly, I, it's fascinating, um, I will sometimes, so I get the New York review of books mm-hmm. and I, I sometimes look at the ads, um, like the, you know, university press ads and mm-hmm. if something, you know, the thing about somewhat scholarly nonfiction is there's always a subtitle so it'll have a great title and yes. like, oh, what's that about and then I'll look at the subtitle and if it's something that I'm mildly interested in and then that's something I certainly don't always read all of but I'll check it out of the library um, just to just to peruse it um, I don't I mean and I read 
and I read the New York Review of Books mostly, mostly so I don't have to read the books um, because the you can say, yeah, articles are so long. <laughs> so, um, you feel like you've read the book okay, by the time great. you... Yeah. Yes, how about you, Megan? I kind of get it all over the place. I do, yeah. I do hear of things like on social media because mm-hmm. friends will talk about what they're reading. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of podcasts I'll listen to mm-hmm. that will... Well, I listen to a podcast that's about romance novels, so mm-hmm. that's, of course, where I get a lot of things. But also from listening to, say, you know, Fresh Air with Terry Gross, um, things like that. Um, sometimes it just feels like it's in the ether. I'll just start yeah. hearing about things. And I have a I have a Google Keep, um, which is you know, a, a thing is. you can keep lists in. It's yeah. one of the many Google products, yeah. um, and it's great for keeping lists of things. And so Wait, I have a say very it's a thing. Is it like an actual thing? Or it's is a, it a it's website? an app in oh, okay. it's it's a Google based app. Oh, okay. um, um, I can show you sometime okay, later. Show, it's a great place to save articles uh-huh. and to uh-huh. have lists to-do lists. Uh Um, So I keep a long list in there of books um, that I want to read. One thing I get is a daily email from BookBub. I think it's BookBub, B-U-B dot com. And you can plug into it what kind of books you're interested in. And every day you will get an email of books that are on, electronic books that are on sale um, that day. So like, and, um, and sometimes I'll peruse that and I won't necessarily buy the book, but I'll Add, I'll add a book to my list from that. Oh. Yeah, so all I, over the I, place. I peruse the stacks at Forbes Library. Oh, God. <laughs> the good but that, that's that such that a fun thing depends. to do. Like if it's something, like if I'm not like poetry, like if, um, you know, I won't, I don't always have a mental list of poetry I want to read. So that will inspire me to, you know, you know, just, and that way I can check out a stack of them. And, ah, yeah. It reminds me yeah. of one, one of well, one of my favorite things as a kid, I still have such memories of just standing in the library oh, yeah. and looking at all yeah. of the books and yeah. um, in a way I don't do now. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned all of these books. So I've noticed in the last maybe couple of years, a lot of people buying a lot of books and accumulating a lot of books. Mm-hmm. So my question to both of you is, do you have this tendency to hoard books? And then do you, if you do, what do you end up doing when you have so many more books than you can actually read, given the fact that all of society asks you to watch TV, mm-hmm, stream the mm-hmm, latest things? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, find time to listen read these to the books. Listen to the afternoon buzz. And listen exactly. to the afternoon yes, exactly. buzz, exactly. Take time out for that. Um, well, I, I actually don't um, collect books. I have a lot of books, and I like having a nice library, but I do most of my reading through the library. Um, I do buy books on occasion, usually if I can't get it any other way or if it's an author that I love and a new book has come out and I just want to dive on it. Um, But I don't, partially because I'm one of these people who just wants to get rid of all objects in my life. Um, But I don't, um, I kind of keep a book if I love it and if it's classic. But again, I mostly use the library. Yeah, these days I mostly use the library too. And, you know, I have books that I've been carrying around for (laughs) decades, but. um, That you haven't read? Some that I have not read, yeah. 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 One day, you know, one day. Not that I will ever be able to retire, but, you know, one day, maybe I will. And and there's always summer. Mm. Somebody I was, I I listened to on a podcast actually calculated how many books she could manage to read before she dies. Oh, that's depressing (laughs) math. Yeah. There's this whole field uh, called depressing math. Oh, good Lord. No, that's sort of. Don't want to know about that. Yeah. yeah, I, um, so, you know, speaking of, um, you know, when I was talking about books, standing in the library as a kid all the time, what what books did you read as a kid? Oh, I, you know, I was a weird, um, <laughs> re I was a weird kid. It was shocking, right? Um, I reread a lot of books. Like, I'd read a book and then I'd reread it. So, you know, I read a lot of whatever the young adult fiction was mm-hmm. in the 1970s, but I would read it and then I'm like, that was great. I'm going to read this again. Read it again. Um, yeah. So, you know, just all of our Judy Plume and, yeah, uh, you know, gosh, yes. all of those kinds of things. And, you know, from the mixed up files. Of, of Mrs. Basilie yeah, Frank yes, Willer. Yes, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, novels yeah. about, I like novels about kids, kids being in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, how Nancy they got Drew? naturally um yeah kids kids being resourceful getting yeah, I love that. getting out of trouble getting into trouble um worlds without adults basically was what i liked to read about um, <laughs> yeah and it's yeah. it's fairly um very common and very um acceptable that i mean not, not the right word but kids reread over and over because i yeah. remember asking a teacher about it because my kids would reread the same books over and over yeah. instead of moving on and they, they said that's really common yeah. and there's nothing wrong with it oh yeah my yeah. kid would um 
want we'd go to the library and he'd want to take out books that he already owned you know because mm-hmm. i think they mm-hmm. love them kids they love them so much they love they yeah. love so much yeah my, my kids reread particularly the um the uh, uh Rick Reardon, Rick Reardon, Percy, oh, yeah. Percy Jackson books yeah. Yeah. over and over yeah. and over and they will still do it. Wow. Um, my son recently, like when he was having trouble sleeping and yeah. he just wanted something comfort, yeah. he when he was home, yeah. he would pull out Percy Jackson yeah. again. They just were crazy about yeah. Those books. We, when we, uh, our kids are older. They're fifty three and fifty respectively, and they have our oldest grandchild is is twenty. So naturally, the books that we read to our kids, mm-hmm. we read to our grandchildren, mm-hmm. and we always noticed that our adult kids, their parents, they sneak in, in and oh, listen yeah. to us. Uh, reading to our oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's, I mean that's, you know, really. I, people talk about like reasons to have kids and I can't think of any <laughs> actual good reason to have a child except for to read to them. Unless you need help on the farm. I mean, what's, what's a reason? Says the woman who works yeah. with kids all day yeah. long. Yeah. Um, yeah I am. Um, did you have a chance, were you able to read some of your favorite books or book series to your son when he oh, was yeah. little? Oh yeah. 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 Which yeah. were some of those? Yeah. Uh, um, Little House, of course. Oh yes. Um, uh, the William Steig books, uh-huh. which I were picture books that I like um, CDB? started like that, okay. but also like these weird fantasy ish, um, you know, monsters and also uh, twists on fairy tales um, that were just fabulous. You know, the Arnold Lobel books. Um, but the ones that I loved as a kid, you know, certainly, you know, James and the Giant Peach mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. The Secret Garden. Um, and The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yes. 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 I actually, in the process of reading to my kid, read a lot of books that I had not read as mm-hmm. a kid. I, I jumped to adult books much too early. Yeah. So things yeah. like yeah. Um, um, A Wrinkle in Time, I had never read. Uh-huh. So I finally Ooh. read it when I read it uh-huh. out loud uh-huh. to my kids. There's a lot like that. This uh-huh. is the only way I read the Harry Potter books was to them. Well, you were an adult um, when they Yeah, they, I was an yeah. adult when they yeah. came out. And yeah. I, I didn't love them. But yeah, that's I a whole other conversation. All, yeah, my kid. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't like a, like obsessed with them, but definitely enjoyed them. But I was yeah. like, eh, yeah. um, on that note, mm-hmm. um, so thank you, Susan, oh, my guest, Susan Reese, for being here and chatting so about books with and me. And uh, <laughs> now you can go home and, and, and read now that we've stopped disturbing your reading time. <laughs> thank you. Susan Reese, uh, this block is the writer's block. I'm loving this, Megan. Me too. Yeah. And um, so uh, we are sometimes talking to authors, we're uh, uh, talking to booksellers mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. You're talking to people about what are you reading yeah yeah which i think is great yeah really enjoyable so everybody thank you so much for joining us today dan have any plans to go to franklin county again tonight uh no plans boss no plans because we uh, loved having you there <laughs> you knew about my travels didn't it was you? in the recorder it was <laughs> <laughs> slow everybody. news day that's yeah. for sure <laughs> Have a great night. Thank you for joining us. And join us tomorrow. Uh, I think we have Andrea Campbell, who's a candidate for Attorney General uh, of Massachusetts tomorrow. So please join us at four. Have a good evening. You should never spread a pool. You should never spread a This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP. I write the ending. Without any sorrow. The Northampton Community Music Center provides quality, accessible music education to more than a thousand members of the greater Northampton community. Hi, this is Jason Trotta, Executive Director of the Northampton Community Music Center. Our scholarship fund helps those with limited means access affordable music instruction and has never turned away a qualifying applicant in its Live 33 and years of existence. news and talk for Northampton and the Valley since help. 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. Northampton Radio Group Station. It's-